0: One. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Uh, My name is Jean Gallagher and welcome to the third installment of uh, Discover Rising Tides, How the Outside Makes the Inside Better, where we explore the importance of the outdoors and maintaining life balance. Through this series, we will be talking with women business owners and to understand their journey. So today, I'm excited to introduce to you Christine Spencer. Hi, Christine. Hi, how are you, Jean? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Good. Christine is the owner-operator of Olympus Sport Coliseum and Little Kickers franchise. Uh, Through the franchise, she services families with children 18 months to nine years, and she's also the varsity girls and boys volleyball coach at Intercom High School. So welcome. Thank you. And thanks. This is the redo version because we did this once and had some technical difficulties. So we're going to redo again. So thanks so much for that. And so let's start. Let's start out and tell us a little bit. Tell us a little or tell us a lot about um, Olympus Sport and the facility and the services that you provided. And we'll work from there. Uh, Olympus Sports
1: Coliseum was a 50,000 square foot facility that uh, my husband and I started in 2014. We, um, it was built by the community for the community. We, that was our, we were in a good place and that was our way of giving back. Um, it was a phenomenal facility. It had volleyball, basketball, soccer. Um, we had a full training center with weights and, and a conditioning field. Um, we had batting cages, a, a bar, i mean what more can you want um, we serviced families all over the greater sacramento area including some teams came in from reno uh, to play soccer uh, we hosted the u.s national women's soccer team for a training uh, for their 17 use um, we've we've done football we've done there's all sorts of different sports that that we've done in our facility um, It was amazing the community support that we had in order to uh, to complete the building because we couldn't have done it on our own. Uh, We didn't hire contractors. We didn't hire, you know, these big companies. We did it all ourselves.
0: That's amazing. And so did you when you started, did you have the vision that you were going to create such a phenomenal uh, community offering or is it something that just developed itself? It kind of developed itself. The, the, the building that
1: we got into, we really only wanted ten to 12,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. And uh, the price was actually $3,000 more to get 50,000 square feet opposed to 10,000 square feet. And so it would just made sense to go with the entire building instead of a small portion of the building.
0: Yeah. And then that's, it's almost a no brainer, but then it's a, oh my gosh, what do we do in the 40,000 more square feet?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: well, I mean, one of the things that we wanted to do was have it so that, you know, with all the different sports, Families come in, they all work out at the same time and then go home and have dinners because right now, well, right before the pandemic, you know, you've got one kid going to soccer at one place. You got another kid going to volleyball at another place. You got a kid at football someplace else. Um, And our goal was to just kind of bring all the families into one building, offer all the services so that they could get all their training needs taken care of and then go home and have some family time.
0: That's amazing. So through, through the process of creating creating the complex, was that easy? Um, is this the first time you've done something like that?
1: It's the first time we did something like that. As far as the build-out, that wasn't hard. My husband's an engineer, mm. uh, a mechanical engineer, so the building part of it, we do that all the time. Um, it was working with the city of Sacramento and working, you know, understanding what their rules were. Mm -hmm. Um, They've never had to, um, what is it called? Not certify, but, you know, approve plans for something like this. And so they put us on the the likes of ARCO Arena, which is a massive place where people come for three or four hours. Our average person would stay an hour, maybe an hour and a half at most.
0: So you really... Um, blazed a trail for this type of a facility in the area. Yes. It it was one, it was one of a kind. That's amazing. So how many, before the pandemic happened, how many families were you servicing? We were probably servicing close
1: to um, probably three to 5,000 a month. Um, In during the winter months, when we had our soccer leagues, we were servicing a thousand kids a weekend. Um, that doesn't include any of our other weekday stuff. That was just soccer. So we, we serviced a lot of families in the, in the Sacramento
0: area. Holy cow. And so you as a business owner, what did your day look like?
1: Um, I was usually there by eight or 9 AM and I wouldn't leave until midnight or one o'clock. Um, it was, it was all consuming. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was working 90 to hundred hours a week. Um, it, it was a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, did was, you have staff? Was, I did have staff. Um, we ran on a very minimal staff. The way we set up the building, like two people could look at the entire facility, you mm-hmm. know, turn around and see the entire facility. Um, but it was, you know, we were running on minimal finances so Mm -hmm. the the city took a lot of our money.
0: I have heard that story before (laughs) that's not unusual (laughs) between the challenges of getting it getting it approved and then dealing with all of the um, the red tape that happens so so you had you said 5,000 families approximately in in the area Uh, that's about per month that we were averaging. That's amazing. So how far, what, what kind of a range did you, do you think that people were traveling from?
1: We had people as far as Stockton, um, we had some people coming in from, um, like Reading and Chico. Wow.
0: So Uh, over an hour away.
1: Yeah. Over an hour. Reno. We had one team come several years in a row from Reno. That's amazing. And then you
0: even pulled in the women's soccer team too.
1: Yeah, we pulled in the women's U17 soccer team. Uh, We had, oh my goodness, we had a band, uh, a band group come in. They just wanted to, they had a day off, so they wanted to rent the field. So they came in and I'll think of the name of who it was. But they came in and they played soccer, just a pickup game with all their their staff. So that was oh,
0: that's fantastic. Cool. No, that's cool. So, so the as with many other people, the pandemic changed a few things for you. It changed, <laughs> it changed a lot. <laughs> that's that uh, <laughs> un- so understood. Started with
1: in 2016, cannabis was legalized in recreational cannabis was legalized, and so the prices of buildings skyrocketed. And our landlord sold the building out from under us. And we, in 2019, we had to move into a new facility. And so March of 2019, we moved into a new facility. And then 2020, a pandemic hit. Between the two losses, we, um, we actually closed our physical facility. Um, and then just this year, about a month ago, I started little kickers and we Mm -hmm. are fully operational and going strong. So
0: that's exciting. That's great. So let's talk about little kickers a little bit. And then I want to get back to the, the COVID piece too, but so for the little kickers program, since that's currently going on right now, uh, tell us a little bit about, or a lot about that program and how it works and, um, families that you're seeing. All right. So, um, it's an awesome program. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's,
1: uh, it's working with 18 months to nine-year-old kids. We, it's 50-minute classes where we're working on not just soccer development, we're also working on um, cognitive development, hand-eye coordination, hand-foot coordination. Um, we work with colors and numbers. And so we're doing kind of a, a full-service um, development rather than just going out on a soccer field and teaching soccer. Uh, And, and we use a lot of little games. They're fun games. Um, One of them is sharks where we use uh, vinyl dots and we, there are boats and then we throw them down and we look for sharks. Uh, The kids (laughs) love it. Uh, So it's, you know, just a lot of little games that, you know, we're tapping into the kids' imaginations because from like three years old to six years old, their imagination is wild.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: you can, you can turn the soccer field into an ocean and it's really an ocean. And they're talking like, you know, they're right there in the ocean and seeing actual animals. So
0: it's, it's a lot of fun. And honestly, where do these days uh, with social media and electronics, where do kids really have an outlet to explore activity and imagination at the same time? Uh, not very many
1: places, especially with computers or I should say electronics. Period. It mm-hmm. takes a lot of the imagination out of everything because what you see is what you get.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you and know. also, you know, too, with the on, with the online learning that these kids have been going through, rather than being in school in person, that has to have changed, or you must see a see an effect of that with these kids too, don't you? With some of the maybe the six to nine year olds.
1: Um, not as much on the imagination. It's the socialization that we're finding that there's a lot of changes. Um, You know, parents will bring their kids and they're like, Oh my gosh, my kid used to be this social butterfly. And they Mm -hmm. don't even want to go on a a field and be with other other kids or other people because they're just so you know, the anxiety is so high. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had one child who the first time he came, he screamed and cried the entire hour and he would run, you know, 20 to 30 feet away, just bolt and screaming. Um, you say hi to him. He's just screams. Um, oh. The second week he played two games. The third week he did about half of the games and I was able to, we do stamps at the end and fist bumps. Uh, Mm -hmm. we were able to put a stamp on his hand. So he actually let us touch him. And then by last week, uh, I was able to put stamps on his hand and fist bump. And he participated for probably three quarters of the time. Wow. Just the social, you know, the socialization that these kids are getting through this program is phenomenal as well, because some of these kids don't even remember pre COVID, You know, I never thought of that. Don't even remember pre-COVID. And so it's, it's, you know, we're, we're their first outside experience in a long time.
0: Isn't that amazing? That's, that's amazing. I never even considered that, but that makes sense, especially if they're six or seven year olds and maybe they're just, or six year olds just in first grade. And the only thing they know is this remote learning thing, and then maybe some integration in a classroom.
1: Yeah. And there's not a lot. I mean, right now, integration in the classroom is by choice. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like my son's in high school and he has some classes with six kids in a class when normally they would have 30 to 40 kids. Um, Yeah. Wow. you know, so it's, it's a lot different, even mm-hmm. just going back to school is different.
0: Yeah. And you think about too, the, the anxiety of being in groups of people for these kids and it, you know, honestly, adults are feeling the same thing. They are, they are. Yeah. With everybody working from home. And I know for me, my, my interaction with clients is totally different because of COVID and the, where we're in, we're doing more of what we're doing here. The, the zoom and the the lack of that one-on-one conversation personally in person, uh, it changed. It does change. It does change so much.
1: Well, even with math. So I've I've been around kids because I do coach high school volleyball. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been practicing since June of last year. And even, even though you're in social contact, not seeing the kids' faces
0: mm-hmm. is a very,
1: is very different. Um, There's some schools that do play without masks and it's, it's strange to, you know, it's strange to see, not that I don't like it, Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm being very cautious. So I, my kids are required to wear it because if we get one positive test, the entire Mm -hmm. team is shut down.
0: So um, you were, the last time we talked, you were, you were, uh, you were talking about, the high school kids and how you are supporting them through the COVID piece too. Can we touch on that a little bit? Yeah. So
1: I would say a lot of people are concerned about the younger kids. The high school kids got hit the worst. Um, I have two teenagers and I'm around teenagers all the time because of, um, because of the high school and coaching and, most of them until volleyball, their parents were not allowing them to be outside the house. And when they came, I got to a point where after about four months of only doing training and only doing individual training with volleyball, there's only so much you can do. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, at that point, I'm going, why am I doing this? What am I, you know, and a group of kids came one day and goes, this is the best day of my, this is the best part of my entire week. And I was just, you know, so that just made it go, okay, I'm doing this for a reason. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm out here for a reason. Um, and now that we're playing games and, and traveling, it's, it is like the highlight of their week being able to, you know, just, I have kids waking, I have teenagers waking up at 6.00 AM to go to practice. Wow. Um, wow very few are missing practice because that's just they want to be there and they they're dedicated so
0: that's and you know teenagers well we're all social beings but teenagers especially are wired to be social yes <laughs> they're sometimes very wired too
1: connected. wired right <laughs> well, and, and it's I mean they hug and they touch and it's not in any other it's just as friends but they aren't be able to do that as much or <laughs> on campus. I have to say six feet apart. You guys have to be We're on campus. You have to be six feet. What you do at home? I don't care. But you know, here you have to be six feet apart. Um, but you know, also with that is, I mean, I'm around probably four different groups of teenagers and just the, the depression and the mental, um, illness that is happening with these kids, because they are not able to socialize, they are not able to be normal kids, um, is really rampant. Um, Mm -hmm. I know several, several kids that, you know, just through my contacts that have, have had major depression and been put on medication and seeing counselors for it. So um, Mm -hmm. it's a very, it's very serious. And you know, yeah. so me being able to be in contact with them, and um, you know, I have a group of boys. They actually got quarantined, and uh, I'm texting them every day, just checking on them to make sure that you know, hey, how you doing? Making sure you're okay, you know, because mm-hmm. I know it can be one day they're fine, the next day they're not. So
0: that's so important, and um, I think that too, especially when people are quarantined and they're they're forced to be separated that, that there's that isolation piece and without somebody reaching out on a regular basis, it, it can be devastating, right?
1: Yes, it can. Mm. Especially when they take away the one thing you love to do. So,
0: wow. Yeah. So for the, the little kickers program, how, what's your area that you think that the kids are coming from right now? And how many kids do you have in the program? So right now we have hit 184.
1: So we got about 10 more from when we originally did this. Um, so yeah, we're at 184. We are, we have families from Woodland to Elk Grove to Roseville, Folsom, um, and then obviously Natomas and, mm-hmm. and Roeblood, because that's where we're, we're right now we're locally at.
0: So you're really pulling from quite, quite a, a fair distance yeah, for the kids to, like, to come.
1: People are traveling thirty to forty minutes to be here.
0: Wow! And so, where do you see the program in the next the next twelve months or so? Is it easy? Can you project that out? Um,
1: yes, I have plans. We're actually adding in June when our next session starts at the end of June. We're adding something called Skills Institute, which is will will take us all the way up to twelve year olds. Oh, so wow! A little more advanced skills. Mm-hmm. Um, We don't do the little fun games because they're a little bit older uh, and we're kind of preparing them for club at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're adding that in June and then in October, we're planning to um, open up in Elk Grove as well. Oh, Oh, wow. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. And we're doing this at city parks, Mm -hmm. um, keeping it outside, keeping it with, you know, with all the COVID constraints, um, The kids don't have to wear masks. We ask that all of our coaches are required to. Mm -hmm. um, And then we ask the the families to social distance as much as possible, which everybody's been really good about
0: that. Mm. Yeah. So, and so what's the cost for families to participate? And we'll put the contact and we'll do the contact information at the end of the show. And we'll put that in the show notes too. But um, what's the, what's the obligation for parents to participate?
1: So we offer 10 to 12 week sessions.
0: It's $15.50
1: per uh, per class. Um, So in a 12-week session, it's around Mm $183. There is a yearly $25 registration fee that includes a jersey. Mm -hmm. Um, So every year they'll they'll pay that and get a jersey. Um, But it is open enrollment. So you can sign up at week six. Mm -hmm. And, And so for this session, we have 10 weeks. You can sign up at week six participate in four weeks and only pay for four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do ask for the whole uh, season's payment. Mm-hmm. Not it's not a weekly thing.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. And and so what are the how long are the sessions or what's what's the time frame and when are they when are the sessions available?
1: So we offer sessions on we offer classes on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday and Sunday. Um, we're at North Natomas community park and Robla park. Mm-hmm. We, um, we alternate Tuesday, thir- Tuesday, Sunday, we're at uh, Robla park. Thursday, Saturday, we're at North Natomas community park. Um, we, you can do a free trial class. If you go to OlympusSports.net. there is a link for a free trial class. You sign up for a free trial. You get, you get to come and see if you like the class, um, we have coaches, all different styles of coaches, um, but they do very similar stuff and they're excited and they want to be out there. And then, you know, I think they're having just as much fun as the kid, the, the kids that are participating are.
0: <laughs> I would think so too. Right. <laughs>
1: what job do you get to go out
0: there and be silly and play games? Not very many. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's, that's great. And so I'm really, it's really phenomenal that this piece has, taken off and you know just at the right time and so going back to the covid and the closing of the business that was hard wasn't it it
1: was devastating like absolutely devastating um i during that time when we were tearing down uh, i actually broke my foot and my kids are the ones who actually finished emptying the building um And then I went into probably a pretty severe depression. Um, Mm -hmm. And the only thing that probably saved me is hiking. Um, Really? Getting outside, getting active, um, and just really focusing on me for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I was exhausted with not just running a business at that, with those many hours, but also running... Uh, you know, moving a business and then, you know, having all the stress of the move and all of that as well. Um, So
0: how hard was it to, to start? So if you're, you're in a, you're really in a down place for yourself, how hard was it to actually motivate yourself to get outside? Was that easy or... It's, it wasn't too
1: hard. I mean, what really kind of kickstarted it was after I broke my foot, my sister came and visited and I wanted to show her around. Um, I had actually just got my boot off and I took him out to hidden falls and I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, let's go for a hike. And they have a nice, easy path. And, and so it, it not only helped with my mental recovery, but it also helped with my physical recovery Mm because, you know, you're you're having to balance and and uh you know when you're walking so it helped
0: movement movement heals too yes yes yeah so so what was your progression um utilizing the outside and how did you see that affect your personal mental state and could you tell right away or was it something that you know it took a while to get out and really get yourself refocused um
1: I kind of made a goal to go at least uh, to start off with, it was twice a month. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I started joining, uh, different hiking groups, NorCal hiking, um, hiker babes, you know, just to see what, you know, different trails that were out there. I know I I have all trails, but sometimes it's overwhelming when you go and and look at all trails, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, but it was just, you know, trying to find different, places to go to, to just get me out. And then, um, somebody posted, Hey, I want, I'm going hiking here. Does anybody want to join me? And I joined that group and there's three or four of us that hike. We probably hike every other week together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's a lot because then it, you know, if you commit to somebody, you're, you're going to go anyway, but you know, I'm an outdoors person. I've been, camping since I was, uh, I think I was in a backpack with my parents backpacking. Uh, Um, and so, you know, it's just been a part of my life forever Mm -hmm. and, but being so busy, I just kind of got away from it. And so now I've gone back to it.
0: Yeah. And so people realize that, um, through Facebook, there, there are quite a few hiking or, um, groups that you can meet people at and, um, the old way used to be like meetup.com but really the facebook groups are are super handy so the the north, the north north california or norcal hiking group and the hiker babes i think that that's where we came in contact with each other as well and it's a great resource because there's people asking questions in a safe environment you know if you're uncomfortable hiking by yourself or you're you're curious about something and you mentioned all trails too and so people are aware all trails is an app and uh, you can plug in an area or plug in a trail and it will give you the route. But you're right. If you're not familiar with the organization, you're just overwhelmed of or the organization, the location. And you're just overwhelmed with what do I do? How far do I go? When you plug something in, it's hard to choose you know, choose a trail. So, getting feedback from other people that might have hiked a certain hike. Is this too hard for me? Is it too easy? Is this what I'm looking for? It's nice to talk to people that have had similar experiences as well, don't you think?
1: Oh, yeah, it's helped a lot. It, the other thing with All Trails, I, it's a good app, but um, there's been several where it would say it was six miles, it ends up being nine miles. It's not always right. <laughs> it's not <laughs> always accurate. <laughs> um, went on a 15 mile hike that ended up 19 miles, and uh, <laughs> surprise! But it's, it's also, you know, what is easy for me may not be easy for you.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: and so I, I take some of that stuff with a grain of salt, and um, yeah, I. I've done some hard hikes lately. <laughs> I went to Pinnacles and did the figure eight, and that was at that point that was probably the hardest hike I have done uh, mm-hmm. because you're going up to the the peak uh, twice mm-hmm. on both sides. Gorgeous, I mean, gorgeous hike. I don't know that I'd do it now because it's so hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we did the four peaks of Mount Diablo. Mm-hmm that was hard. <laughs> that one about broke me and it takes a lot. Um, but you know, now that I've had about a month, I'm like, Hmm, <laughs>
0: yeah. now that I know what
1: I'm doing, it'd be nice to go and do it to do enjoy it again. Of it, but yeah, I don't know if I'll do that.
0: <laughs> so tell me about the picture in the background behind you. Uh, so I took a trip to
1: Alaska. I have a sister that lives there. And uh, we went we were outside for five straight days. We didn't. Uh, this was back in February. So yes, it was cold. Yes, there was snow, but if you plan accordingly and wear the proper clothing, it's really not that bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, all my friends are like, Oh my gosh, it's, it's, you look so cold. And I'm like, no, I really wasn't. I was just dressed. I was dressed properly so that I didn't get cold.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but that is, uh, Mount Mas- Matanuska. Um, we went and saw the glacier there. It's phenomenal. We probably only saw a mile of the glacier. It's a 22 mile glacier. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's phenomenal. I was just in awe. Um, I just saw a quote from John Muir about wandering and, you know, being awe inspired. And, I tested my sister because she she had told me oh all, all you did was look like your jaw was hanging open the whole time and I'm like well here you go this is why and and you know it's so true that it's just a raw there's just this raw beauty in Alaska if you haven't been to Alaska I highly recommend it um, and summer is different from winter I mean you do different stuff um, you know we we went over to Port portage glacier as well. And there's a two mile tunnel through a mountain on one side, it's glacier and frozen over. You can, you can, um, ski across the lake, walk on the lake, everything you go through the tunnel, it's, uh, a liquid lake. Oh, wow. And so it's just the climate, the li- a little bit of climate. It's not that there wasn't any more snow, you know, any less snow or anything. It was just the, the, the way the winds blew or the temperature blew, it was water and not ice. And so it, amazing. Know, it, it was really neat, but I mean, Alaska just has a raw beauty. I, I can't, anything that I've been to, it's just not, it doesn't matter which way you turn. I went to Anchorage, by the way, which way you turn is just, you know, 4,000 feet straight up. There's mountains wow. all around you. So uh, yeah,
0: it's amazing. That, that's incredible. And, and so wonderful that you could spend that time with your sister in her backyard.
1: Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Um, I'm going to try going a lot more. It, it, it's been 20 years since I went. So, oh, wow. Was yeah. much needed.
0: So, so you are feeling
1: better and feeling better. They, I mm-hmm. mean, you have ups and downs, you have good days, you have bad days and, you know, you, you, look at the positive things. You know, I, I'm, I'm actually in counseling right now and, Mm -hmm. and getting help, not just doing the hikes and stuff, but I, I am getting professional help uh, because I was in a very bad place. Uh, And it, it, it's helping. And I, you know, if you're at that point, it's hard to ask for help, but it does help.
0: So how do you think that this experience with COVID and things are changing things are opening up. Um, how do you think that changes your personal outlook of how, what you, how you're going to handle yourself going forward?
1: With low kickers. And, and if we decide to reopen a building, I will be not working a hundred hours a week. I'm still, I'm going to make Good answer. it answer. <laughs> uh, I am definitely making it a balance and keeping a balance because Number one for my mental health, but also my physical health, and um, just I was turning into a person I didn't like to be. Um, Mm. And you don't
0: know it's happening
1: either, right? No, and you can't. At least I couldn't control. I was reacting to you know my kids would say something and I would react badly, you know, Mm -hmm. and they would just ask me, "Hey, what do you want for dinner?" and I just blow up at them, you know, and so. Um, I'm, I'm changing how I, my outlook and, and how I react to things and, and just really, you know, being introspective and, and trying to get focused on me and, and making myself better.
0: It's interesting as we all go through the pandemic and COVID and where we all were before and where we're heading now, it's almost sometimes you can look back and reflect and say, thank goodness it happened. It probably could have been a better way for something like that to happen. But on the if we can get to the other side and like you are um, taking steps to make things better and really reevaluate, it might end up be putting you in it. Not might. It will put you in a better place, don't you think?
1: Definitely. I mean, it'll definitely put me in a better place. I mean, it gives it gave me a chance to number one, rest but it also gave me a chance to reevaluate and go, okay, is this where really where I want my career to be? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a, I'm, I'm a sports person. I think it is very good for people um, you know, just not only mentally, but physically. And uh, you know, I like helping people. And so it, it's, it's giving me an outlook of going, okay, this is a better way to do things mm-hmm. rather than it being a you know, me having to do everything and um like I'm already training somebody to take over my position, especially when we move start to expand mm-hmm. with the little kickers. So um, that's great. Yeah, I'm just planning ahead instead of getting stuck.
0: Do you think that there's a chance for the Coliseum, the complex to reopen? We're talking about
1: it. There's a new council person in the district where we were at, which is district two in Sacramento. Um, He is a big proponent of ours. He really uh, believes in what we did and and who we are. And so, yes, I think there's a possibility when Mm -hmm. it will happen. For me, I don't want to open anything up indoors until COVID, until they have completely lifted the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, because there is always that chance, to, you know, just like in India, where it's like, yeah, everything has to be shut down again, and mm-hmm. um, I, I I, don't think I could go through another like <laughs> no,
0: that. And that makes you know, sense, if, if you have an idea of what it could be, now you can be in control of that as much as you can, and and wait. And you're fortunate enough to have the, the little kicker's program expanding. Yes. And providing it. And who knows what might turn into on the other side too. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. fantastic. So, um, tell us again, you mentioned the website, but give us your contact information. And, um, and while well, like I said before, we'll put that in the show notes, but go ahead and give us, give us all of that.
1: All right, so uh, you can find us at OlympusSports.net, O-L-Y-M-P-U-S-S-P-O-R-T-S.net. Um, the phone number is 916-572-4945. Um, we're on Facebook. Um, PlayOSC is the handle for Facebook. We're on Instagram. I don't remember my Instagram. Uh, we'll but put it in
0: the show notes. Yes,
1: <laughs> um, and and uh, you know, come see us at a park at, at Robla or North Natoma's Community Park. Try, you know, have your child do a free trial. Um, we're, I mean, it's an exciting program, and mm-hmm. and it's really fun to see all these kids out there.
0: That's great. So, so thank you. Any any closing thoughts that you might like to leave us with?
1: Uh don't live in fear. Um, you know, if you wanna try if you wanna do a business, do it. Um if you don't do it, you'll regret it for the rest of your life. Uh
0: yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much for sharing your story and thank you so much for bravely sharing how you felt and what you experienced because I know that other people are good, that's gonna resonate with other people. And I appreciate your time today. It's been great to talking with you. It was great talking with you too. Thank you.